Welcome back to another episode of Bite-Sized Virtue, an offshoot of Spam 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 Humbug, in which we look at one of the eight virtues of Ultima Lore and connect it to real-world philosophical or theological teachings. We've been looking at the virtue of justice uh, in this run up to Christmas, and this is actually our third episode on the topic. Now, if you followed the news surrounding the controversies that have erupted in the video games press and in the industry in general over the last couple of years, you've probably encountered the term social justice, or the pejorative term social justice warrior, sometimes shortened to SJW. You've probably also encountered the concept of social justice if you've been involved with the mainline Christian churches since at least the year 2000. The idea of social justice, which can be defined as society's obligation to provide the conditions that allow associations or individuals to obtain what is their due according to their nature and their vocation, is not a new one. This is not a new idea at all, but it has become a hot-button term recently. So, what is social justice? Well, the definition that I just employed a minute ago is taken from paragraph 1928 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and it's actually the preface to a very lengthy section that discusses a lot about what social justice entails. It's, it's very much in line, actually, with the Thomist view of justice that we talked about previously, and in some respects can even be thought of as being comprised of several examples of what Aristotle would have termed special justice. That is, the exercise of specific virtues, and then in a way that seeks to ensure that all receive what is their due in areas such as goods, property rights, and or political power. At the core of this view of social justice is the understanding that the dignity of the human person is the ultimate end of society. Quote, respect for the human person entails respect for the rights that flow from his dignity as a creature. These rights are prior to society and must be recognized by it. They are the basis of the moral legitimacy of every authority. By flouting them or refusing to recognize them in its positive legislation, a society undermines its own moral legitimacy. If it does not respect them, authority can only rely on force or violence to obtain obedience from its subjects. It is the church's role to remind men of goodwill of these rights and to distinguish them from unwarranted or false claims. Respect for the human person proceeds by way of respect for the principle that everyone should look upon his neighbor, without any exception, as another self, above all bearing in mind his life and the means necessary for living it with dignity. No legislation could by itself do away with the fears, prejudices, and attitudes of pride and selfishness which obstruct the establishment of truly fraternal societies. Such behavior will only cease through the charity that finds in every man a neighbor, a brother. End quote. Now, several key categories are distinguished in this document in which social justice obtains. These include areas such as human rights, respect for the rights of others, the removal of discrimination, addressing unequal distribution and sinful inequalities, although it should be noted that not all inequalities are sinful or otherwise tinged with evil, and the need for and requirements of human solidarity. And I think a lot of the debate about social justice, at least within the video game space, is caught up on one of these categories in particular, the removal of discrimination, e.g. by you know calling for certain forms of content or certain depictions of persons or certain modes of play to be removed from games or to not be included in games anymore. As articulated in the Catechism, this end goal of social justice is actually pretty unwavering. Quote, Every form of social or cultural discrimination in fundamental personal rights on the grounds of sex, race, color, social conditions, language, or religion must be curbed and eradicated as incompatible with God's design. End quote. Not really a lot of wiggle room. I think... 
that a lot of the controversy surrounding social justice in video games comes from the fact that in the zeal to bring about this removal of discrimination, the idea of human solidarity seems to get lost in all of the debates and arguments that characterize it. You know, uh, another quote, the principle of solidarity, also articulated in terms of friendship or social charity, is the direct demand of human brotherhood. Solidarity is manifested in the first place by the distribution of goods and remuneration for work. It also presupposes the effort for a more just social order where tensions are better able to be reduced and conflicts more readily settled by negotiation. I think that's where, to my mind, the contingent arguing for social justice in video games parts ways with genuine social justice in favor of a more unsavory thing sometimes, mob justice, which isn't really justice at all. Because instead of operating from within a framework of solidarity with an eye towards reducing tensions or conflicts with negotiation and charity, we see the formation of things like Twitter mobs that seek to censor or even chase people out of their places of work, either by getting them fired or by trying to make it so difficult to remain effective in their position that resignation seems the most effective option. Whatever that is, it isn't justice. And in particular, it isn't social justice. The person who's on the receiving end of the mob is still a human person and is still due the respect that flows from his dignity as a creature, which includes the right of economic initiative, i.e. Uh, that everyone should make legitimate use of his talents to contribute to the abundance that will benefit all and to harvest the just fruits of his labor. It's a strange thing that's happening in games these days. I mean, on the one hand, we have this call to view video games as art, which has been getting steadily louder over the last few years. You know, that's actually been a really interesting discussion to follow. But a part of art is to challenge us, our beliefs, our feelings, even our sensibilities. I mean, another part is to celebrate those self-same things. That's worth noting. But if we're going to assert that games are art, we should be prepared to accept that within games we will encounter certain forms of content or certain depictions of person or even certain gameplay elements that make us uncomfortable, that challenge us, that offend our sensibilities. And if, and I can't really stress this part enough, if we do find ourselves confronted by this sort of thing, it's not the case that we can't criticize it, and it's not the case that we can't question why that content was included in a game, but it is the case that in those situations, and indeed in every situation in which someone does something that we find unpalatable or questionable, we still have to keep the human dignity of the other first and foremost in mind. That means no death threats, no doxing, no calling for people to lose their jobs or to be exorcised from groups that they are members of, because that's not justice. It isn't born of virtue, and it doesn't have the dignity of any person as its ultimate end. A more just social order where tensions are better able to be reduced and conflicts more readily settled by negotiation. That quote again. That's what we should aim to create as we strive for genuine social justice. We aren't there yet, however. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of Bite-Sized Virtue, which I hope you've enjoyed, and I hope you found this episode enlightening. If you didn't, hate mail can go to ultimacodex at gmail.com. I'll put the best ones up on the site. Promise. Anyways, I hope you will continue to journey with me through the Advent season on our way toward Christmas as we continue to look at the virtue of justice. Mm -hmm.